Section 63, Introduction Joseph Smith so enjoyed his brief encounter with the missionaries who were on their way to Zion, and then he proceeded with the brethren by land to St. Louis. From St. Louis and Kirtland, he, Sidney Rigdon, and Oliver Cowdery traveled by stagecoach to Kirtland and arrived on August the 27th, 1831. He was immediately engulfed with questions about the gathering to Zion and the purchase of land as inheritances. Many other questions arose concerning the Lord's requirements for salvation. Joseph realized that the multitude of new converts required extensive guidance directly from the Lord, and so he approached the Lord with a flood of questions. As a result, he received this revelation on August the 30th, 1831, and this revelation comprises 66 verses. Hearken, O ye people! And open your hearts, and give ear from afar, and listen, you that call yourselves the people of the Lord, and hear the word of the Lord and his will concerning you. The Lord wanted the saints from afar to listen to the words of this revelation. It turned out that he had a lot to say, because of all the people who were claiming to be members of the church, many were not living up to the requirements of membership. Yea, verily I say, Hear the word of him whose anger is kindled against the wicked and rebellious, who willeth to take even them whom he will take, and preserveth in life them whom he will preserve, who buildeth up at his own will and pleasure, and destroyeth when he pleases, and is able to cast the soul down to hell. In fact, the Lord said he was angry with some who were wicked and rebelling against the most fundamental requirements of the church. The Lord emphasizes that their lives are in his hands and that he has power to take them home to the spirit world at any time. He can also refrain from taking others. As for those who are taken in their sins, the Savior has power to consign them to the precincts of hell until they have paid for their sins to the uttermost farthing. Behold, I, the Lord, utter my voice, and it shall be obeyed. Wherefore, verily I say, let the wicked take heed, and let the rebellious fear and tremble, and let the unbelieving hold their lips, for the day of wrath shall come upon them as a whirlwind, and all flesh shall know that I am God. The Lord is becoming impatient with those who continue in their sins even though they claim to be members of the church. He commands them to humble themselves lest the wrath of God descend upon them in a whirlwind. And he that seeketh signs shall see signs, but not unto salvation. Verily I say unto you, there are those among you who seek signs, and there have been such even from the beginning. There are those in the ranks of the church who lust after signs. Satan is just waiting to give these people signs, but it will not be to their salvation. They just want to have something to brag about in testimony meeting. Signs from Satan will take people out of the church and lead them down to hell. But behold, faith cometh not by signs, but signs follow those that believe. Yea, signs come by faith not by the will of men, nor as they please, but by the will of God. Yea, signs come by faith unto mighty works, for without faith 
No man pleaseth God, and with whom God is angry he is not well pleased. Wherefore unto such he showeth no signs, only in wrath unto their condemnation. In these four verses, the Savior describes how people receive signs from the Lord. To begin with, Jesus does not shower signs on his servants to build up their faith because the law of heaven is that signs come after a disciple's faith has been thoroughly tested and produced many mighty works. But to those who lust after signs so that they can boast their affinity with God, he will allow Satan to show forth his power unto them, and the signs they receive will bring down upon them the wrath of God to their utter condemnation. I have personally seen this demonstrated on a number of occasions, and it is abhorrent to behold. Wherefore I, the Lord, am not pleased with those among you who have sought after signs and wonders for faith, and not for the good of men unto my glory. Nevertheless, I give commandments, and many have turned away from my commandments and have not kept them. In this verse, the Lord pronounces judgment on certain individuals who will be listening to this revelation. He said he gave them commandments which would lead to their salvation. However, they did not embrace these commandments which would have brought them their salvation. Instead, they deliberately turned away from these commandments and went braying off into the wilderness of wickedness. There were among you adulterers and adulteresses, some of whom have turned away from you, and others remain with you that hereafter shall be revealed. Let such beware and repent speedily, lest judgment shall come upon them as a snare, and their folly shall be made manifest, and their works shall follow them in the eyes of the people. To be specific, he says they became immoral. They consorted with married people, thereby engaging in adultery. Some have been found out, but others kept their lecherous practices secret. But not for long. Eventually, all of those who have violated the most sacred of God's commandments concerning moral purity will be found out. They must repent, or the very nature of their sexual sins will become widely known among all the people. Experience teaches us that these are offenses which cannot be kept secret for long. And verily I say unto you, as I have said before, He that looketh on a woman to lust after her, or if any shall commit adultery in their hearts, they shall not have the Spirit, but shall deny the faith and shall fear. Wherefore I, the Lord, have said that the fearful and the unbelieving and all liars and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie, and the whoremonger and the sorcerer shall have their part in that lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The Savior says that those who find themselves constantly lured into lusting after attractive women are already adulterers in their hearts. Jesus says they will lose the spirit and apostatize. Therefore the Lord warns them that any who find themselves catering to their passions beyond the strict requirements of the gospel should realize that their very salvation is at stake and the penalty is paying for their sins in the excruciating anguish of the second death. They will not be released until they have paid the uttermost farthing for their sins. 
And this law is laid down in Matthew chapter 5, verse 26. Verily I say, that they shall not have part in the first resurrection. And now behold, I the Lord say unto you, that ye are not justified, because these things are among you. The Lord said all those who have degenerated to this level have forfeited the right to come forth in the first resurrection. Furthermore, since these sins are being committed among some members of the church, they cannot receive an inheritance when the earth is transfigured and the Savior comes in glory. Nevertheless, he that endureth in faith and doeth my will, the same shall overcome, and shall receive an inheritance upon the earth when the day of transfiguration shall come. When the earth shall be transfigured, even according to the pattern which was shown unto mine apostles upon the mount, of which account the fullness ye have not yet received. Those who have remained valiant and have been faithful in keeping the commandments will receive an inheritance in that glorious day when Jesus comes and the earth is transfigured and receives its paradisiacal glory. And now verily I say unto you, that as I said that I would make known my will unto you, Behold, I will make it known unto you, not by the way of commandment, for there are many who observe not to keep my commandments. Now we come to a strange passage. Jesus said he would make his will known unto those who hear this revelation, but not by way of commandment. Many people have only recently joined the church, and they are striving to learn to keep the commandments. He will therefore hold out before them his will and hope they will eventually conform to it. But unto him that keepeth my commandments, I will give the mysteries of my kingdom, and the same shall be in him a well of living water, springing up unto everlasting life. Nevertheless, those who keep the commandments have the companionship of the Spirit, and therefore it will open to their minds the mysteries of the kingdom that remain hidden from those who have not yet cultivated the Spirit. Notice what a great leader a member of the church can become if they understand the mysteries of the gospel. By learning so many of the beautiful, profound doctrines of the Lord, they can inspire others. It is like living water springing up into everlasting life. These wonderful truths are what we call the meat of the gospel. And now behold, this is the will of the Lord your God concerning his saints, that they should assemble themselves together unto the land of Zion, not in haste, lest there should be confusion which bringeth pestilence. Behold, the land of Zion, I the Lord Hold it in mine own hands. It is the will of the Lord that the members of the church make their way to Zion. He cautions against swarming to Zion because that will arouse jealousy and create confusion and invite a pestilence of persecution. Nevertheless, I the Lord render unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's. Wherefore I the Lord will that you should purchase the lands that you may have advantage of the world, that you may have claim on the world, that they may not be stirred up unto anger. For Satan putteth it into their hearts to anger against you and to the shedding of blood. Wherefore the land of Zion shall not be obtained but by purchase or by blood.
Otherwise there is none inheritance for you. The Lord is giving the saints a key to survival in Zion. They must buy up the land and obtain deeds to all of the territory they occupied. The only alternative is to occupy Zion by the shedding of blood, and it will be their blood, and they will not be blessed. And if by purchase, behold, you are blessed. And if by blood, as you are forbidden to shed blood, lo, your enemies are upon you, and ye shall be scourged from city to city, and from synagogue to synagogue, and but few shall stand to receive an inheritance. The burden of the Lord is the knowledge of the future. He knows about the coming decree of extermination that will drive the saints from city to city, and he knows that relatively few will survive to gain an inheritance. I, the Lord, am angry with the wicked. I am holding my spirit from the inhabitants of the earth. I have sworn in my wrath and decreed wars upon the face of the earth, and the wicked shall slay the wicked, and fear shall come upon every man. But those who drive the saints out of the land and into the rocky mountains do not realize it, but they will pay for this wickedness. There will be a civil war. But those who drive the saints out of the land pay with the lives of over 620,000 men, counting both the Union and the Confederacy. Those who drive the Mormon people out of Missouri so they can confiscate their lands will find their land soaked with blood, their blood. It will be a terrible price to pay. And the saints also shall hardly escape. Nevertheless, I, the Lord, am with them and will come down in heaven from the presence of my Father and consume the wicked with unquenchable fire. And behold, this is not yet but by and by. It was only after the saints were driven out of Missouri and Illinois that they escaped, and then only barely. Wherefore, seeing that I, the Lord, have decreed all these things upon the face of the earth, I will that my saints should be assembled upon the land of Zion, and that every man should take righteousness in his hands and faithfulness upon his loins, and lift a warning voice unto the inhabitants of the earth, and declare both by word and by flight that desolation shall come upon the wicked. But the Lord's purposes must all be carried out a step at a time. The first step is to pass through the fiery furnace of persecution in Missouri. The saints would never have guessed that they will have an ample opportunity to demonstrate their faithfulness. In the end, they will not only broadcast words of warning, but will witness by their own desolation and flight that the wrath of God is coming upon the wicked. Wherefore, let my disciples in Kirtland arrange their temporal concerns who dwell upon this farm. Meanwhile, in Kirtland, the Lord wants the people to arrange their affairs so that they too can move to Zion. Ever since March, Joseph and Emma have been living in the farm of Isaac Morley, along with the saints who have entered into the law of consecration. Let my servant Titus Billings, who has the care thereof, dispose of the land, that he may be prepared in the coming spring to take his journey up unto the land of Zion, with those that dwell upon the face thereof, excepting those whom I shall reserve unto myself, 
that shall not go until I shall command them. The Lord now indicates that Titus Billings has custody of the Morley farm. The Lord tells him to dispose of the land so that by the next spring he can go to Zion. And let all the monies which can be spared, it mattereth not unto me whether it be little or much, be sent up unto the land of Zion, unto them whom I have appointed to receive. Behold, I the Lord will give unto my servant Joseph Smith, Jr., power that he shall be enabled to discern by the Spirit those who shall go up unto the land of Zion, and those of my disciples who shall tarry. Whatever money Titus Billings can get for the Morley farm is to be taken to Zion, and Joseph will be inspired through the whisperings of the Spirit to determine who will go to Missouri and who will remain in Kirtland. Let my servant Newell K. Whitney retain his store, or in other words, the store, yet for a little season. Nevertheless, let him impart all the money which he can impart to be sent up unto the land of Zion. Behold, these things are in his own hands. Let him do according to wisdom. These three verses tell Newell K. Whitney to retain his store, but to send to Zion as much money as possible to purchase land as inheritances for the saints. Verily I say, let him be ordained as an agent unto the disciples that shall tarry, and let him be ordained unto this power. The Lord indicates that Newell K. Whitney should be ordained as an agent for those who had an interest in the Isaac Morley farm. And now speedily visit the churches, expounding these things unto them with my servant Oliver Cowdery. Behold, this is my will, obtaining monies even as I have directed. Joseph is told to visit the churches in the vicinity of Kirtland and describe for the members of the church all that has happened. He that is faithful and endureth shall overcome the world. He that sendeth up treasures unto the land of Zion shall receive an inheritance in this world, and his works shall follow him, and also a reward in the world to come. Joseph and Oliver are also to gather together as much treasure as possible to send down to Zion to purchase land. Yea, and blessed are the dead that die in the Lord. From henceforth, when the Lord shall come, and all things shall pass away, and all things become new, they shall rise from the dead, and shall not die after, and shall receive an inheritance before the Lord in the holy city. Now the Lord anticipates the great persecution that will befall the saints in Zion and contemplates the time of expulsion of the saints from Missouri. And he that liveth when the Lord shall come and hath kept the faith, blessed is he. Nevertheless, it is appointed to him to die at the age of man. Wherefore, children shall grow up until they become old. Old men shall die. But they shall not sleep in the dust, but they shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Wherefore, for this cause, preached the apostles unto the world the resurrection of the dead. The Lord says that those who are alive when Christ comes will be greatly blessed, but they will die according to the regular age of man. Children, however, will grow old according to the age of man, 
but when it comes time for them to die, they will not be confined to a grave, but will be changed and resurrected in the twinkling of an eye. These things are the things that ye must look for. And speaking after the manner of the Lord, they are now nigh at hand, and in a time to come, even in the day of the coming of the Son of Man. The Lord tucks in these exciting bits of Scripture just to stimulate their anticipation of the glorious days that lie ahead. The Lord says that speaking after the manner of the Lord, these things are nigh at hand. And until that hour, there will be foolish virgins among the wise, and at that hour cometh an entire separation of the righteous and the wicked. And in that day will I send mine angels to pluck out the wicked, and cast them into unquenchable fire. But in spite of this warning that the time of the Lord will come fairly soon, according to the calculations of the Lord, there will be foolish virgins among the wise that will allow their lamps to go out and will not be ready when the groom comes. The Lord said he will pluck out the dilatory members of the church and they will be required to pay for their own sins in hell. And now behold, verily I say unto you, I, the Lord, am not pleased with my servant Sidney Rigdon. He exalted himself in his heart, and received not counsel, but grieved the Spirit. Wherefore his writing is not acceptable unto the Lord, and he shall make another. And if the Lord receive it not, behold, he standeth no longer in the office to which I have appointed him. The Lord says he is not pleased with the writing of Sidney Rigdon concerning the merits of the land in Zion. He is thereby commanded to write it again. If the second attempt is unsatisfactory, Sidney Rigdon will be entirely released from this calling. And again, verily I say unto you, those who desire in their hearts, in meekness, to warn sinners to repentance, let them be ordained unto this power. For this is a day of warning, and not a day of many words. For I, the Lord, am not to be mocked in the last days. The Lord invites all who would like to warn sinners in meekness and call them to repentance to be ordained so that they have the opportunity to go on missions. The Lord says that this is a day of warning, and therefore the people can be taught with a few carefully chosen words. They can declare that God will not be mocked by sinners. Therefore they should hasten to repent. Behold, I am from above, and my power lieth beneath. I am over all, and in all, and through all, and search all things. And the day cometh that all things shall be subject unto me. Here is another choice gem which the Lord tucks into this revelation. He says that while he is from above, his power is from below. This is a priesthood principle, that a person receives his authority or keys to act from above, but his power is given by the obedience and support of those over whom he has jurisdiction. This principle is supported by Doctrine and Covenants 29 and 36, where the Lord says his honor is his power. In other words, it is the love, respect, and obedience of all those who are under our Father, including the great hosts of intelligences which belong to this round of creation. These combine to give God his power. 
Truly, here is a choice nugget of heavenly truth, which tells us why God would say, He is from above, but His power is from below as a result of the love and support which He receives from those He governs. Behold, I am Alpha and Omega, even Jesus Christ. These two verses are an admonition of those who profane the name of God and also an admonition to all those who claim to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but actually have no authority. The Lord says their administration is in vain, so that when they claim to baptize or perform any of God's ordinances, nothing actually happens. Wherefore, let all men beware how they take my name in their lips. For behold, verily I say, that many there be who are under this condemnation, who use the name of the Lord and use it in vain, having not authority. Wherefore let the church repent of their sins, and I, the Lord, will own them. Otherwise they shall be cut off. Now here the Lord is talking to members of the church. He says that unless they repent, the Lord will not honor them as part of his kingdom. They will not only be rejected like the five foolish virgins, but they will be cut off from the church, and their names will be removed from the book of life. Remember that that which cometh from above is sacred, and must be spoken with care and by constraint of the Spirit. And in this there is no condemnation, and ye receive the Spirit through prayer. Wherefore, without this there remaineth condemnation, this verse is for members of the church who have received many sacred teachings from the prophet. They are warned that these precious truths must be spoken with care according to the dictates of the Spirit. They are not to be cast about among those who are unworthy to receive them. They are not to be carelessly or recklessly taught to those who would trod them underfoot and use them as the means of ridiculing the church. Let my servants Joseph Smith, Jr., and Sidney Rigdon seek them a home as they are taught through prayer by the Spirit. Here is a message to both Joseph Smith and his scribe Sidney Rigdon. Since the Morley farm will be sold, they are both instructed to find a new home. As soon as they do, they will discover the Lord commanding them to continue the revision of the Bible. These things remain to overcome through patience that such may receive a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, otherwise a greater condemnation. Amen. This final verse seems to be an admonition to all of the saints. The Lord seems to be admonishing them to accept the challenges that presently confront them, because those who overcome them will receive an exceedingly and eternal weight of glory. Those who do not will remain under condemnation and lose vast treasures of marvelous blessings. As we close this revelation, we notice that many verses, particularly in the latter part of this revelation, are like pearls on a necklace. They are unrelated to what went before or what comes afterwards. They are actually precious diadems of independent eternal truth. If you liked this podcast and would like access to other materials by W. Cleon Skousen, you can find them online at skousenlibrary.com.